Welcome to the Poltergeist and Pixie Dust podcast, where a logical thinker and a whimsical dreamer help you survive scary movies without losing sleep. I'm Laura, the logical thinker. And I'm Kelly, the whimsical dreamer. And this week we are watching the 1980 classic slasher film, Friday the 13th. Incidentally, we are recording this on Friday the 13th. Oh my God. (laughs) What are the chances? We are so cute. According to IMDb, a group of camp counselors trying to reopen a summer camp called Crystal Lake, which has a grim past, are stalked by a mysterious killer. So before we even get into talking about the movie, I have never seen this before. Neither have I. Okay, so going into this, what did you think this was about? I thought it was going to be about Jason with a hockey mask and... uh, (laughs) Yeah, a slasher movie. I mean, this was not what I expected. Okay, so literally all I know about Friday the 13th is Jason Voorhees' hockey mask. Yeah. There was no Jason Voorhees. There was no <laughs> hockey mask. I didn't. What movie did we just watch? <laughs> well, I remember from, and this, I didn't remember until we were hitting the end, but in Scream, they talk about this, I think, at the beginning, and they're asking who is the killer in Friday the 13th, and they mention the mother, but I Still expected him to be a character in this and yeah. not just talked about or in a dream or anything. So that was a little strange to me. Yeah. I, I really thought there was going to be more Jason. And then I was questioning throughout the movie, uh, is this the actual Jason movie? I'm like, do I just have this wrong? Is this not Jason? Am I going right? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So I wasn't super impressed with this movie. I felt like it was a lot of waiting for the next person to die, but not a lot of substance in between. Mm-mm. I agree. There was a lot of foreshadowing throughout, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was no backstory to anybody. There was no interesting anything. It was, it was simply, you know, counselors flirting, counselors setting things up. But, you know, a little mention of somebody saying, oh, I've got something in California, but that was never explained. Like there was no follow through with any, right. any mention of anything. Um, right. Yeah. There are people who are like supposed to come back at lunchtime and they show up at midnight. It was <laughs> things got a little strange. Very disjointed. Yeah. And if they hadn't said it was 1958, I wouldn't have known because it looks like the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do a great job at that. It kind of set the tone and yeah. it, it did set everything up. It's the first killings. You see right there that the counselors knew who the killer was. They yeah. recognized him and they're like, oh, sorry, like we weren't doing anything. Right. And then they, they die. Right. Uh, and then it jumps to present without telling us what year it is. Here's my thing with this. <laughs> Everybody warned them not to open the camp again. Right. Not to go to the camp, not to open the camp, mm-hmm. to quit, to run away. Mm-hmm. Everybody was told this. Nobody listened. Mm-hmm. Everybody died. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if somebody tells you we call it camp of blood, we're not going there. Uh-huh. Ralph is a harbinger of death and telling everybody <laughs> you will die. I know you're going to die. Don't go here. You will die. Maybe, maybe ask him why. Right. Have a conversation with the guy. Look, you or just crazy. yeah. Take his word for it. Right. <laughs> or just quit. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't... <clears throat> I would I would not have been in this movie. <laughs> this is definitely another one of those movies where I know it's pre-internet and all of that, but I ask questions. Um, I, I look at the history of things. If you're going to take a job and people call it Camp Blood, ask why, maybe. Right. Um, and when they give you all the history and tell you somebody drowned, two people were killed here, the water was bad here. Maybe you don't need this summer gig. Mm-hmm. Go work in a diner. Go home. Don't yeah. don't do that. Don't hitchhike with strangers. Oh I my mean, god! There were a lot of things that happened in this movie that I never would have done. No, I so agree. I I uh, I don't think I would have been in this one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how this would have gone. You know, shut that shit down and sage the fuck out of it. That was my first comment on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much don't open the camp again, close it down, clear everything out of there, make it a memorial, but, but that's it. And Mm -hmm. so if you're going to open a camp, why open that one again? Why not build a new one? Why not, you know, yeah. What are you trying to accomplish here? Right. And so at the very least, bare minimum, maybe rebrand it. Yeah. Let's rename it. Let's call it something different. Mm -hmm. Let's call it camp. Sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> right. I mean, Camp Crystal Lake sounds great, except, you know, a kid died in the lake. Yeah. So I think maybe not focusing on the lake would have been a better selling point. They're talking about, you know, we have inner city kids coming in from where? Because you're in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And, you know, there, there were some things there that weren't explained. I mean, they're in New Jersey. It was New Jersey. And we only know that because there's a sign above a cemetery where the girl got dropped off after hitchhiking with a stranger who told her to quit and not go there. Get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, and there were no kids at all because this is all just setting everything up. Right. And it didn't get past there, obviously. Everybody, mm-hmm. almost everybody dies. I uh, had some questions here. So there was a drowning in 57, murders in 58, the bad water. The girl's like, oh, at least I'm not afraid of ghosts. You don't need to necessarily be afraid of ghosts. Also, though, like, nobody said anything about ghosts. Right. He said two people were murdered. (laughs) She's like, I'm not afraid of ghosts. Wouldn't you be more afraid of the person who killed them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and she has no trust situations going on. Um, She trusts everybody. Yeah. I don't. No. So she's hitchhiking. She's uh-huh. going up to strange dogs, just being like, oh, okay, I love dogs. I do. But when there's one dog hanging out at the, the gas station, gas station she just walks up and starts talking to him. And I'm like, all right, total trusting woman here. Again, with the foreshadowing pieces, we have getting dropped off at the cemetery. There's this snake. There is the guy, Ned, pretending to drown. Yeah. In a lake in the where lake. someone actually drowned. Yep. Um, that's a, a little bit fucked up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Kevin Bacon, I was surprised at. <laughs> that one threw me. I didn't, yeah. because I've never seen this one. Right. Was not expecting to see a very young Kevin Bacon hanging out in jean shorts. Exactly. And a Speedo. Like that first shot of him in the truck, we both like <laughs> squinted and like leaned towards the TV. Like, is that Kevin fucking Bacon? Mm. Yep, sure is. Pre-Footloose Kevin Bacon. Yep. And as soon as I saw him, my note here is, these kids will die. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> they're showing up in a pickup truck and there's two kids kind of, you know, flirting and making out a little bit. Another guy driving. I kind of was like, these kids are going to die. They're driving uh-huh. on the wrong side of the road. They're all over the place. They're yeah. um, way too optimistic about going to work at this camp. <laughs> yeah. A camp established in 1935, too. Uh-huh. So was there nothing from 35 to 57 about bad things happening? But then from 57 on, shut it down. Well, I mean, okay, yes, but also, (laughs) this is going to sound so shitty. Okay, one kid drowned. Oh, my God. Okay, two people died. That's the... Okay, the water's not working. I mean... No. No. (laughs) The whimsical bullshit. No, okay, here's the thing. (laughs) One kid drowns. Yeah. Shut it down. That's an accident. The very next year, the next year, mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. counselors are killed. Probably the same counselors who were off having sex the first time where the kid drowned are now off having, trying to have sex, whatever. With their clothes on. No w- yeah, it's 1958. They, <laughs> they don't did it know differently how things then. work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, attempting to have sex fully clothed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get murdered. I think... Think somebody would make a correlation between the two events. Mm. Somebody would maybe wonder who killed these two kids and not open the camp again until that was solved. Hey, I, that's my thing. Was there and what parents are sending their kids to the camp year <laughs> after year? Knowing what's happening, who is signing their kids up for this like murder well, camp? When was the water bad? Was that like, are we to assume that was 1959? I thought it was like 61 or something. It's not long after. So it was just open in 59 and 60 with no issues? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So again, little sus. Gaps in the plot line here. Um, but again, my like, what parents are sending their kids there? Would you send your kids, like a kid drowns one year. The next year would be like, it sounds like a great idea. No. The counselors are all like singing kumbaya. The kids are all sleeping. And I'm like, who? Why are we here? Yeah. Kid drowns. Not sending my kid to that camp. Mm-hmm. So. And the beginning when they have that like point of view shot of all the kids sleeping in the cabin. Yes. I was like, Ooh. like this person is walking through and yeah. viewing all these things. Yeah. Very Halloween-ish. Um, where at the beginning, you're seeing everything from the, the point of view of. Of someone mm-hmm. um, and going throughout in the dark and peering in at people who don't know they're being watched. Mm-hmm. It does have that interesting vibe to it. And, and I do kind of like how the camera is walking with them. So you're seeing through their eyes. Yeah. Um, so I don't love when people are interacting with that person mm-hmm. and they just awkwardly look into the camera. <laughs> at that fourth wall thing. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, when they do that, though, it's like each time that ha- well not each time some of them just screamed and died but <laughs> but there were times where they're looking at them and recognizing yeah um like when steve died when steve he, died he oh, knew the killer. right steve knew the killer and was was happy to see them 1958 those kids knew the killer 
Right. Um, and so we're talking, you know, 22 years in between the two events, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a long time to hold a grudge. Right. Also, different counselors. <laughs> how old is Jason's mom? I don't know. I would have put her at like 60s, 50s. Oh, okay. What do you have her at? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just looks like younger. And you have to think if 22 years ago, she was already a mother of a kid, uh, though. But he was he wasn't a great swimmer and he right. was a child. So let's say he was how young, though, because I would have picked like nine, ten. OK, so let's I say the that. kid was ten. Mm hmm. So let's say she had him in her 20s. OK, she would have been in her 30s then. Uh-huh. 22 years later, she's in the late 50s. OK, 50, 60. Yeah, I buy that. I feel really bad without looking up the actress and seeing if she's like, maybe she's 45. But, um, you know, I mean, she's fit. She's putting up a damn good fight. I mean, yeah, she's taking on these these teenagers. <laughs> Who are not putting up a good fight at all. No, they're the worst. And where is she getting things like a machete and an axe? And I have to assume she brought them with her. I, I, would. <laughs> I would, but also doesn't it seem like she's in multiple places at the same time? Like she's out there, she's she kills Annie, puts her in the car with her, driving Honestly, around though, with Annie. Her. Oh, she needed to die. I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's fair. Like the first time we saw her, I was like, man, I hope she dies first. First I, of all, who takes a job at a camp and doesn't arrange a ride to get there? <laughs> yes. She is hitchhiking. She's got her backpack. She's like, how many how far is it? Like 20 miles. Why don't you know this? Like, why don't you have a plan to get there? A map, at least. Like a phone call, even just to say, hey, I'm, you know, 20 miles away. Can you come get me? Like any communication. Yeah. And at the camp, they're all like, well, if Annie ever shows up. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, now Annie's dead and she's riding around with Jason's mom in a Jeep. She's not showing (laughs) up. Uh, So that was a little odd. She did jump out of a car. You know, and when she gets into the car, she gets picked up by Jason's mom. But you don't know who it is because it's doing that point of view. Right. So I thought that was interesting, actually, through the whole movie, that you don't know who the killer is. Yeah. Us going into this, not knowing anything about it, (laughs) except for Jason in a hockey mask. I'm expecting the killer to be Jason in a hockey mask. All my notes are like, oh, Jason drives a Jeep. No, (laughs) he doesn't. Apparently, his mother does. And I I have all my theories in here. Uh, is Steve Jason? Is Ralph Jason's father? Oh. I had that in there because they mentioned Ralph had a wife. Has a wife. So I was like, oh, maybe Ralph is Jason's dad. Maybe he is. We got to see the sequels. Oh, my God. But I had that theory in here. But yeah, my Steve is Steve Jason. I had that theory. And then uh, Steve got sliced up. So he was not. Um. Yeah, I have where is the hockey mask a lot in here. <laughs> so you mentioned Annie uh, jumping out of the truck. Yeah. Can we talk about how she did such a solid tuck and roll out of the truck and somehow hurt her leg, even though she didn't land on her leg? Mm, I know. What Other- a, what a what is what is happening? I think otherwise she would have had a fighting chance. Uh-huh. So they had to make sure she didn't. But I think they should have done that landing a little differently. Yeah. She should have landed on the leg if they're going to fuck with right. her. Right. Right. And somehow Jason's mom goes from behind her to circling way in front of her. 
mm-hmm. and still has like a machete or whatever with her. I yeah. Mean, these are red flags. Like when Annie <laughs> got in the car and she noticed a machete, wouldn't that be a concern? Mm-hmm. She had all her bags. She had to like put them in the back wherever and probably see a machete and axe and all of these weapons and be like, huh. Right. Maybe I'm not in the right car. Perfectly normal for camping. Yeah. And then she just starts conversations like, oh, I've always loved kids and stuff. Not really. Not not great. Mm, no. No. No, thank you. No judge of character on her. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's way too trusting. And there are too many creepers in this film. I have that Steve's a creeper. Alice is not a creeper, but she creeped me out. Like, if that makes sense, she's she's not a creeper in the same sense as, like, Steve was mm-hmm. or the oil truck guy was. Right. Like, people who are clearly in some way, like, perverts or just yeah. a little too handsy. Right. Yeah. Let me help you into the truck by your butt. Yes. Let me just hold your ass. And she's like, okay. Ugh. No, I, I'm not. I'm not really good with all this. But 1980 was a weird time. <laughs> that was pre-us. <laughs> They're just coming out of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Which was a better time. Mm-hmm. 1980. Yeah. It's just that introduced a whole other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. The yuppies. So they're not quite there yet. There's a lot of men in jean shorts, though. So the oh jorts God. thing. And they're tight. Mm-hmm. And they're short. And they're wearing like the jorts with boots and <laughs> nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a good look. It's, so weird. It's not like, I mean, some guys, I think you could. You could put them in this certain outfit and just be like, oh, the outfit's ridiculous, but it works. This doesn't work. Mm-mm. No, it's it really doesn't look great. Um, oh, one thing that was interesting here, and they do it in a lot of movies, um, the use of the music in the background. So they have that whole like intro. I can't do the, <laughs> the sound of it. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they do that over and over. And that's like. I want to say the Jason music, but it's it's the killer music. Uh-huh, right? Yes. Um, so they, they have killer music right at the beginning in 1958. But then they reintroduce that throughout the film. So you always mm-hmm. know, OK, somebody's going to die or right. the killer is here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely had, I think, a Boy Meets World reference here. Um, oh, yes. Mrs. Voorhees, when she came out and she's like, I'm a friend of the Christie's. I wrote down killer, killer. She's the killer. <laughs> 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 like, oh god killer killer she's the killer <laughs> and her reaction to seeing the dead girl who obviously she killed was wait and also picked up her dead weight and threw her through the window oh yeah that happened too how is she so strong she's there's something going on there because she's oh my god yeah but but her reaction to seeing a dead body right there and and What's her name? Who's the one who lives the whole time? Alice. Alice. So Alice is like, no, no, everybody's dead. And and Mrs. Worry's like, oh, I want to see. She killed them all. Right. So whatever's happening there. But she walks in, she sees the dead body and her reaction is, oh, so young, so pretty. Yeah. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. Creepy. This is not a woman you want to stick around with. Mm-mm. But I'm out. <laughs> the cardinal rule that I had in the film and I wrote it down before, do not go anywhere alone. Or have sex. Yeah. Yes. And don't have sex with the killer under the bunk bed and a dead body above you. <gasps> and how did you not notice? These bunk beds are not crazy high. These mm-hmm. people, it was there the whole time. There's yeah. a dead body on the bunk and you just went to the bottom bunk and had sex. And then that was one of the worst 
kills, I think, was uh, Kevin Bacon. Really? Because oh, with it the came blood from, well, Because they came from under the bed. Yeah. So they stabbed him. And I don't know how you would do that because you only have like this much space. Yeah. So you're laying there. You have something that's going to go all the way through the mattress and through him. <laughs> how? How does that work? <laughs> like logistically, it, it can't work. No. Um, it was gory, but I, I think that was probably the best kill in the whole oh thing. Oh God, but it was Kevin Bacon. I know, but he this this was not his winning role. Oh yeah. It burned me out though. Well, I mean, I didn't think he was gonna be the final girl. I mean <laughs> when they go into the cabin to do the sex. Do the sex, yep. yes. And they did the sex better than they did the sex in 1958. Well, right, because we're, we're we've learned now how to have sex as as a society. <laughs> Remove the clothes. Ah, uh-huh, yes. First, yes. Um, <laughs> I wrote, "Don't do the sex, Kevin Bacon. We want you to live through the movie." But uh, he did not. There were a lot of stupid moves in this. Like why? Okay, you're the whimsical one. Tell me this first. Okay, Ned. Goes wandering off because yep. his friends are flirting together and he has nobody. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why he didn't just flirt with Brenda, but whatever. Okay. So he goes off on his own, finds another cabin that's not really part of the camp. It's like an abandoned cabin kind of on the other edge of the lake. And he just goes in and he's like, hey, how are you? Let me go in here. Of course he's dead in the next time that we see him. But why would you... Why would you do that? No, I, I wouldn't. Investigate? Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> and as this is happening, he's going into an abandoned cabin. Marcy's telling her shower dream to Jack. And it's the fact that she hears... Please call him Kevin Bacon. Okay, she's telling it to Kevin. <laughs> Marcy is telling it to Kevin Bacon before uh-huh. they have the sex. Uh-huh, yes. Um, so they're still alive. <laughs> but she's telling him about this recurring dream that she has where it's rain and it's so loud and she covers her ears and it sounds like pebbles but then it turns into and she can't block the sound out but then they turn into blood and it's like rivers of blood going away and he's like that's okay we'll still have the sex but (laughs) (laughs) but all this is happening while ned is going to investigate this Mm -hmm. abandoned cabin she's talking about bloody dreams i'm just looking at these three people and saying okay you're you're the next ones that's it you're you're gonna die right um and I, it's it's kind of a, a horror movie trope but in this one it, they're not doing it to be funny this is kind of like this is real this is happening right uh i was a little concerned about what steve was off to like what steve was up to because he he's so takes weird off, yeah he takes off in the beginning of the film after being a little creepy with alice he's like i'll be back after lunch right are they together he makes a comment about give me another chance. And like she drew him the night, the before. night before. Right. Mm. So he's like, is this really what I look like? And she's like, it is last. You know, that's what you look like last night. Right. And how did he not know that she was drawing him the night before? Like, What was happening? Yeah. It's just a camp of creepers. Yeah. The only two that I actually liked were Brenda and Bill. Yeah. Um, Bill was not bad looking. I'm just saying. All right. All right. And Brenda actually had like a decent head on her shoulders. Like she was, she was the logical one. For for a minute she was. <laughs> no, she was the logical. Okay. She dies uh-huh. because she's hearing a kid's voice outside saying, please help me. 
help me. And it sounds like, you know, the kid's in trouble. So mm-hmm. she goes out there ridiculously alone. I'm not even sure she brought a flashlight. She um, does have a flashlight. <laughs> okay. So she's got her flashlight. She's out in the woods alone. It's pouring rain. You're hearing a creepy boy voice. I don't like this. Um, <laughs> I have a thing about voice, like yeah. creepy voices. Yeah. And they really, they leaned into the creepy voices. I didn't like that. When she uh, put her book away to go and investigate, Oh, Brenda, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> but we, we did like her. I mean, she wasn't, ah, she wasn't flaky. She seemed she like almost, she was, I okay. feel like she almost made it because the first time she hears the voice, she like perks up and then she's like, no, thank you. And goes back to reading her book. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, right. that is how you live. Yeah. But my, I mean, but again, this is, they had separated by this point. She's by herself. Why? As soon as you're by yourself. You're next on the list. Right. So like, never separate. Like you have to pay buddy system. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if somebody watches me pee. You're, I'm going to live. I'm going to live. No <laughs> sex, nothing alone. Ever. Remember when we, were, when we were kids and we used to have slumber parties? <laughs> yes. And we'd like watch a like scary movie and then like none of us could sleep. Mm-hmm. And if somebody had to pee in the middle of the night, somebody would have to walk them to the bathroom and wait outside the door and walk them back to the room we were all sleeping. 100% yes. <laughs> and I was definitely somebody who was like, I need a buddy. Because you never know. And I was always like, oh my God, you're such a baby. And I would go with you and be like, okay, but wait here while I pee now. <laughs> exactly. Right. So that's, that's crap. <laughs> but my question is, Like they're getting, they're just getting the camp ready for the kids. And I understand Mm -hmm. that maybe when the kids get there, no, even then, like, is there going to be one counselor in each cabin? No, probably not. And why are there only six counselors total? Like seven, if Annie ever showed up and if Steve comes back, I guess you're eight, but, but that's it. He's like, I've got six new counselors up there. Yeah. And I feel like there should be more. Well, we don't know how many kids there are. 50 kids and 10 counselors. Oh. Uh, well, that's all right. Annie said at the beginning, I think she was in the car. Yeah. She said, I'm going to be cooking for 50 kids and 10 counselors. That's all she knew. Okay. So what, five kids per counselor? Well, yeah, except this place has a history of death. <laughs> so I feel like the five to one ratio is not good enough. Mm. Nope. Did you ever go to camp? No. When you were a kid? So- <laughs> I was never a camp kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I never did a sleepaway camp, but I did a lot of day camps. And the reason I bring that up is because I saw at Camp Crystal Lake uh, random totem poles mm-hmm. all over the place. And I remember camps that I went to also having totem poles. Is this a camp thing? Pretty sure it's a Native American thing. Why are they at all these camps? Why did they have the guy dressed like a Native American that was doing oh, a yeah. powwow thing? Didn't and like that. No, that did not age did well. Did not age well at all. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so I'm not sure why they had any of that stuff there. Yeah. It's kind of an odd camp thing. Weird. Um, but my, sorry, going back to my question. Yeah. Why are all these kids sleeping in different cabins? There would be oh. one counselor's cabin. Here's how I know that, though. Okay. <laughs> You say, do you ever have a counselor in the cabin with you or no? No. Okay. As we know, because if you watch The Parent Trap, like you were supposed to. Oh, I didn't watch. Anyways, um, the reason I know that is because in 1977, Mm -hmm. true story, there was a murder 
at a sleepaway Girl Scout camp. Yeah. And there was eight, six or eight cabins. And the first one was the counselor's cabin. Okay. And the kids all slept in like there, there was, you know, whatever, four to six kids per cabin. Wait, so who died in this situation? Counselor or kids? No, or? three kids, three little girls. How? Uh, some like guy that lived in the woods or something. So, yeah. So if they had all just stayed in their counselor's cabin together, mm-hmm. none of this happens. Never separate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, don't have sex. Right. Rule one, no sex. No, I had rule one as don't go anywhere alone. Okay. <laughs> Do not go anywhere alone ever. Because even when they had sex, they were both still alive. It mm. wasn't until they separated. But they're in the cabin that Ned went to investigate. So I guess it's not an abandoned cabin. That's where Jack and Marcy were going to stay. I don't know. I kind of got the impression it wasn't the same cabin. I thought that... Like, why is she hauling these dead bodies? Do you know how heavy a dead body is? Not that I do. Uh Uh-huh. More questions. (laughs) But, no, yeah, because I didn't think it was the same cabin. I thought that that she brought him there and put him in the top bunk and then hid under the bed and waited for someone to come have sex above her and then for one of them to leave so she could stab the other one. So weird. She, obviously, she's deranged. She is doing the voice of her son. Um, yeah, so at that point, um, I want to talk about that for a minute because yeah. you had made a comment early on about the music. Yes. And how uh, that, like, it's killer's big. theme, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it was, like, indicative like, of what was coming. Yeah. Had, like, uh, strings in it, mm-hmm. like in Psycho. Yes. And I wrote, so it's, like, a reverse Psycho because in Psycho, Norman Bates... Mm-hmm like takes on the persona of his mother and does like the mother voice. voice yes. And here we have the mother doing the creepy ass child's voice. Yes, but it's it's actually creepier to me because the mother doing a, a child's voice and saying, mommy, help me and kill them. Mm-hmm. Kill them, mommy. Kill them all. Right. I mean, and think about it. She has now held on to this for 22 years. Mm-hmm. What does she do on a regular basis up until now? Or is this just a breakdown that she has had now that the camp's reopening? Has she had nothing from 58 till now? Certainly it's triggered something. Mm -hmm. But also we saw at the end what we can only assume is Jason. Yeah, that I have a lot of questions about. (laughs) I have, there's... (laughs) There's a zombie kid. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before, before, because I have a lot of questions about that too. Let's, I, let's, oh, is there anything else we want to talk about before lots, we get there? Lots of things. But okay, wait. let's go back then. So I have a lot of things that I have like squared off here. I don't like this in terms of the kid's voice. Calling someone. Yes, call someone. And they go there, they try to use the phone. She's already gotten there and cut the phone lines. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the idea of why not leave? Don't know. Don't know why they didn't leave. Mm-mm. The car wasn't working. The, whatever she had done to the engine or the battery or something, right. they couldn't get the car to start. Yeah. like um, Just hike out of there. Just just get the hell out. Or hunker down and block together. everything. Together. Right. Together. <laughs> block everything off. Get good <clears throat> weapons. At one point, they found the axe in the bed. Um, after Brenda was killed, she 
left a bloody axe there that she had used to kill. Which, by the way, should have had way more blood on it because oh. it went right through Marcy's face. Yes, <laughs> Marcy, Marcy got axed in the eye. Yeah, um, it was that was a gruesome murder, mm-hmm. and we saw it because some of this stuff was off camera. This was right on camera mm-hmm. that we got to see Marcy take an axe to the face. But yeah, then she carried the axe to Brenda's empty bed, left it in Brenda's bed, had already killed Brenda, apparently, which she then hauled her back later and threw her through her window. Threw her? <laughs> uh, yeah. She's, like got her airborne. She's got Hulk-like strength here. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so all of that's happening. But the, the kids, they, or Bill and uh, Alice, they find the axe in Brenda's empty bed they do not bring the axe with them. I don't understand that thought process. Right. You have a, a legitimate weapon right here, mm-hmm. sizable. You could have ended things right there. They left it in the bed and they just continued on to go check out the phone, go check out the generator. Go. This yeah. is where I was like, wow, busy day for this killer. Five murders so far. Still had time to cut the phone lines. Um, sabotage the truck, <laughs> moving bodies around. She had a very busy day. And this is her son's birthday. That was the other piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a triggering thing that they're reopening the camp where her son died. It's her son's actual birthday. It's a full moon, which the cops say bring out all of the murderers. They kind of do a little foreshadowing. Which I feel like there. is probably true. <laughs> I don't like the idea that it really went into like the mental instability of the mother and Mm. that she really does need help she needs to you know have therapeutic help right she's obviously she's become a killer at this point so it's maybe past that point yes you know you almost feel bad for for her and what she's reliving now Mm -hmm. um but then she you know axes people in the face so you start reconsidering i was just looking up um june 13th 1980. Mm-hmm. So we could determine exactly what year it was. It was 1980 because it was a Friday the 13th. <laughs> so when the generator goes out and Bill goes to investigate like an idiot. Alone. Alone. What are we doing, Bill? You don't do anything She even alone. offered. Hey, mm-hmm. want me to go with you? No, no. Yeah. Get some sleep. Right. And they said we will both be alone and potentially both be victims. Right. So, uh, goodbye, Bill. Um, <laughs> But this is where I noted, I feel like we're doing a lot of waiting and maybe it's intended to build suspense, but I didn't feel it. I had no suspense worked. going on. I felt yeah. it was like, kill, a little dialogue, kill, silence, <laughs> kill. And not for anything, Alice didn't even want to be there to begin with. I did not want her to be the final girl. In her first- <laughs> I wanted it to be Brenda. In her first scene, she talks about going to California. Yes. She could have been in sunny L.A. right now. She's saying that she had something back there that she had to deal with. She said, I'll give it a week, just one week. Uh, Didn't know if she would last the week or the day. And she's the only one who makes it at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish it was Brenda. I really do. Yeah. Or in Brenda and Bill. I I would have liked to do it. Brenda had a a nice, well thought out personality to her character yeah she wasn't the flaky sidekick she wasn't the, right the she wasn't just was like super with. flat i feel like alice was just super flat like there's that whole scene where she's just making coffee yeah that that went on for too long if, like <laughs> and she just like completely emotionless the whole time like i 
I, I didn't enjoy her. And then she finds, oh, poor Bill. Poor Bill with all the arrows oh, stuck through him and yeah. he's attached to a door. That was that was gruesome. I thought Brenda was going to get the arrows to her because she was out she in the was archery. she was at the archery range. Yeah. yeah. But no, she seemed to have gotten uh, all chopped up and then roped up and thrown through a window. Yeah. And she's the one who they said, you know, so young, so pretty. Um, yeah, you, you really got that one done. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I had so many things in there. I'm like, get in the fucking car. She goes to get in the car. She's like, oh, Andy's body is here. I'm running away. There are like four other bodies. If you stay, <laughs> get in the car. Worst case, open the door, shove her out and still drive away. So I have a question about the car. When we're talking about Mrs. Voorhees car, right? Yeah. Okay. When she picks up Annie, mm-hmm. she's driving a Jeep. Yes. Not towing anything. There's nothing hitched yeah. to the back of it. I don't think so. Correct. When Steve is leaving the diner, he gets into a Jeep. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, wait, is Steve, <laughs> is Steve Jason? Yeah, I had that written no, down, No, Steve is Steve. <laughs> right, but I had that written down, too. Is Steve Jason. Maybe his middle name is Jason. <laughs> Maybe it's Jason's brother. So Steve is a Christie. Yes. So it's his family's um, camp. So yes. he is older than the new counselors, it seems like. Yeah, um, I, I got that vibe. And he's, you know, the townies all know him. He's in the diner. They're familiar with him. They know him. He's like, oh, I've got... Uh, you know, young counselors back there. He calls them babes and says they're babes in every way out in the woods. He's yeah. very um, off-putting. Right. Yeah. Didn't care for him. No. I did not really mind when he died, but I was curious to see if he was actually the killer or involved in it. Because I had questions throughout this. Are there two killers? Right. I had that a lot. So when he leaves the diner, he gets into a Jeep mm-hmm. and it, there's a trailer or something attached to it. Okay. When Mrs. Voorhees pulls up, she's driving a Jeep with a trailer or something attached to it. Oh, okay. How? What? Because Alice Mm -hmm. even thinks that it's Steve. She goes running out. Steve, thank God. Uh." Oh, yes. Yeah, she did. Well, she saw a car coming. I don't know if she, you know, but yeah, it's a Jeep coming. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so she definitely initially thought it was. But it was not. No, 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 no. Why? Okay, here is another thing. This one drove me nuts. My issue here is that every time she incapacitated her, mm-hmm. Alice would then leave. And she would leave her there. Right. And Mrs. Voorhees, five minutes later, was ready to attack her with like mm-hmm. a machete or an axe or yeah. anything she had with her. Why leave her? Yeah. Why not... When she gets her in the pantry and she knocks her out with that frying pan. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, she she looks she looks like she's not coming after me. She's coming after you. Kill her. 100% coming after Make you. Make sure she's dead. And like, when you actually do kill her, you seriously killed her. Mm-hmm. She chopped her head off. Yeah. Like in one swing? One swing. She Are, Is there something her. in the water here that's making these women like super strong? I mean, she <laughs> took a machete through... The spine. It's not the least realistic piece of the film. That award goes to Jason, in my opinion. (laughs) Right. When he popped out of the water, I was like, so has he been there for 22 years? He he doesn't look like an adult. I mean, we all that was the biggest jump scare. I, I absolutely screamed hand over my mouth. 
It was that bad. Was, it was a rough that, one when he jumps out of the Yeah. Lake. That, I mean, that got me too. That scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But that was the only jump scare. Yes. And I jump at every jump scare. Right. I'm the worst. This did not have that. This was a slasher film. Right. It wasn't a scary film. Yeah. I could understand it'd be scary to live through something like oh, that. Oh, of course. But to watch it didn't have any jump scares. I was fine through the whole thing. I'm not going to have nightmares about Mrs. Voorhees. I hope. I say this now. <laughs> <laughs> but having Jason jump out of the water and he's like zombie Jason. Um, that like, was, it was weird. It was creepy. Yeah. Uh, and then she wakes up from the dream. I hate the dream piece. Whenever that happens, it's like Dorothy waking up. It's like, come on, was it real? Was it not real? It's, don't don't fall into that category of it was all a dream. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, when when she wakes up in the hospital and she's like, oh, is anybody alive? Are they all dead? And they're like, yeah, no, they're all dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I was just like the cop. I mean, yeah, the the worst, like the least sympathetic cop you've ever seen. Uh, oh, your friends. Yeah, no, they're dead. Yeah, definitely good. <laughs> Did you find the boy in the water? No boy in the water. So he's still there? Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> like, there's... I have concerns about this entire thing. Plus, the cop was there when she's getting, like, a shot in her ass. Like, what just happened? Yeah. Was 1980 just, like, anything goes? I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not sure on that one. I started getting confused. <laughs> not that it takes a whole lot. <laughs> but again, I'm gonna reiterate. I had never seen this movie. The extent of my knowledge was Jason Voorhees' hockey mask. <laughs> I didn't have the last name, so you went on that one. So when <laughs> when she, when Mrs. Voorhees starts talking about Jason drowning as a boy, mm-hmm. I had so many questions. Like, how are there still sequels coming out? <laughs> <laughs> then why do I think he's the killer? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, and does he live under the water? Is he a ghost? I had definite zombie vibes when he jumped out. And when the <laughs> when the credits started <laughs> rolling, he put, so wait, no hockey mask? <laughs> <laughs> and wait, why does he... Now thinking about it, why does he ever have a hockey mask? So they don't pick on him. Because he got picked on because he couldn't swim or something. I don't... No? No. Okay, wait. (laughs) (laughs) No, she said he wasn't the best swimmer, but the counselors weren't paying attention because they were off having sex. Right, right, right. Um, These damn horny kids. Why the fuck did Alice get in a canoe at the end? She... No, she chopped the head off the killer. Yes. Chopped that off. Mm-hmm. That woman's not coming back for you. Why then get into a canoe and take yourself out to the middle of the lake? Why be like, you know what? That's the safest place for me to go. <laughs> no. You killed the woman. You sit down and you just fucking wait for the sun to come up. Mm-hmm. or And then you go kick Annie out of the car. You take her Jeep. I mean, why go out in the canoe? I know yeah. it set it up perfectly for sequels because now it's like, He's still in there and it goes yeah. back to the lake and back to like the peacefulness. So, you know, he's somewhere in the lake and, and right. why get in a canoe? Would you ever do that? Not, um, not likely. Okay, I think probably she just wanted to put some distance between herself and all of her dead friends. <laughs> or like thinking that nothing can 
get her, creep up on her if she's on a canoe out there by herself? Mm. I guess, but what could have crept up on her if she exactly. killed Mrs. Voorhees? She chopped her head off. So what Unless there's a Mr. Voorhees. Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Toothless Ralph. Ralph? I really thought Ralph was going to be Jason's dad. Because not for anything, why was he just waiting in that pantry? If you really wanted to warn them, uh, why are you hiding? And how long was he in there? Right. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. But I still the harbinger of death. Why are they not listening to him? Mm-hmm. Once you find her, I liked the idea that she had a very clear backstory. Yeah. Um, so she had her motive, she explained her motive, she told about her son, where she was, that she mm-hmm. worked here. Um, I also had questions about where did she get a machete? Like, I mean, no, no. Okay. Where would you go get a machete right now? And right this second, anytime. I don't know, like a hunting store. There's just a machete store, a hunting store. It's a hunting store. That uh, has to be a thing. Where do people get hunting gear? From? I don't know. I don't hunt. <laughs> you're looking at me like that. Because <laughs> you're like <laughs> hunting co. <laughs> 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 like I'm thinking, <laughs> right? I'm thinking like a legitimate store is gonna come out of your mouth, and you're like a hunting store. Like what the fuck's a hunting store? <laughs> well, because I was gonna say like like Dick Sporting Goods. A machete at Dick's Sporting Goods? Maybe. What kind of sports are... are, are you're looking up where to buy a machete? Yes. <laughs> if anybody checks your search history... <laughs> when the FBI shows up at your door. You've got a drowned kid and you've got machetes. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, you can get them from Amazon. That doesn't feel great. Walmart. Oh, my God. Home Depot. Lowe's. They all carry machetes? Mm-hmm. Wow. Machetespecialist.com. So apparently you can get machetes pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that because I Target. No, what? <laughs> not here. Uh, well, maybe like, not here, but maybe in Hope, New Jersey in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess probably since they announced that they were going to reopen, she probably got triggered and yeah. stocked up on. Right. You know. Hunting gear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, essentially, she's hunting camp counselors. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And one of those camp counselors chopped her fucking head off. Oh, my God. Thank God. I did not think she had it in her. When she's barricading that door. She. Okay. When she. Bar- no. Two times that. She barricaded the camp. Like the. Um, the door to the whole cabin. The cabin right. door. When she did it with a rope over the thing. Yeah. She's barricaded. First, I'm like, doesn't the door open out? So what are you doing putting these things in front of it? I mean, I understand if the door opens in, you're helping to prevent well, it. Well, I was under the impression because she tied it up so mm-hmm. that it wouldn't open. But just yeah. in case it did, then they would have to still get through all the stuff and maybe she would have time to get away. Where? It's out of one door. Out a window? <laughs> and that was my other thing. She's barricading this door. She's putting all the effort into the door. She closes one set of blinds. She's just closing the curtains right. that'll keep them out <laughs> but she doesn't even close the curtains on the other window <laughs> and she's putting all this shit in front of the door she should barricade the windows yeah um so as somebody who was not obviously in that situation i would have done it better right exactly <laughs> um so i i didn't quite get that then the second time in that closet or whatever the pantry yes. mm-hmm. um did she take the baseball bat with her 
She was carrying a baseball bat with her at some point. She did have a bat, but no, I don't think so, because that's when she had the frying pan in there. Right, right, right. But, yeah, she... Do you have a baseball bat here? No. I have a wiffle ball bat in my car. I mean, like, <laughs> as, like, a security system. <laughs> I had one at every apartment I ever lived in. I don't have one now that I have a house. Don't come kill me. Okay. Um, what are you going to do if somebody breaks in here? Die. Probably die. <laughs> <laughs> I have a frying pan. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about from the movie itself? Um, I think my mm-hmm. my initial reaction of, you know, shut that shit down and stage the fuck out of it. I still stand by that. <laughs> um, but can we just talk for a second before we close it down about the foreshadowing? Yes, please. So it had a lot in there. What I put in was the snake, the drowning, the archery. Those were three of the things that I wrote down. Because there was a snake in the cabin. Yes. And they end up having their own machete type weapon and cutting up the snake. Yes. Even after it's cut, one of them says, is it dead? Yeah. I mean, he kept moving, though. So did with his board. So his hands. His hands go up like, where's my head? (laughs) So I thought the snake and Mrs. Voorhees tied together. Because it was clearly cut, sliced in half. Her head gets sliced off and still some movement happening. Mm. Um, Ned pretending to drown just so he could get kissed by somebody who I really wish Kevin Bacon was the one to try to give him mouth to mouth. Oh my God, that would have been so funny. Amazing. Yeah, so him pretending to drown ties into Jason drowning. And he's out there pretending to drown in a lake where fucking Jason is. Right. So that was concerning. Um, and then the archery piece. So one of the girls is setting up the archery and Mm -hmm. one of the guys comes and shoots an arrow right next to her and she gets all pissed off. Do you know how close that was? And why would you do that? And gets really mad at him. And later Bill is shot up with archery arrows and attached to a door. But yeah, I thought they did a good job with the, uh, with the foreshadowing. And I mean, then you also have the obvious one of Ralph. Showing up and saying, you're all going to die. Right. You're going to die. You will die. You know, was he there in 1958? What made him this, you know, obsessed with what happened at the lake and telling people you're going to die? Right. So, yeah. And the whole town just writes it off as like, oh, crazy Ralph. At it again. (laughs) Crazy Ralph and Camp Blood. And I'm like, what's happening here? So I do our ratings. Our rating pieces. Yes. Okay. So, Nightmare Fuel? Uh, Nightmare Fuel 1? I give it a... I give it like a 2, maybe, for the entire film until the final scene area. You know, the, the lake. <laughs> okay. That scene puts it to like a 4.5. Wow. Just that scene. Really? I jumped like crazy <laughs> when he came out of the lake, and I, it freaked me out. That one piece, if somebody actually focused or, I don't know, Googled the image and showed <laughs> their supposed friend. Alleged friend. Allegedly, we are friends. <laughs> that would, that's potential nightmare fuel. Um, but oh, yeah, overall, I'd give it like maybe a two. Yes. Yeah. Avoidability. Oh, completely avoidable. So five. Five. Yes. Yeah. Every step of this was, they told everybody before you even got there, don't do it. Right. Don't go there. Do you know what happened? Here, let me tell you what happened. And then I'm going to drop you off and turn to the cemetery. Good luck. That's another foreshadowing piece. Right. <laughs> um, right. 
Yeah. Even like take it all the way back to Steve Christie. Like, hey, my family at this camp, all this terrible shit happened there. You know what? I'm just going to bulldoze the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Build a shopping mall. Yeah. Perfect. Everybody lives. Everybody's happy. Yes. Close the or, or anything. Anything else. Except maybe opening another summer camp at the same place. Right. Um, Completely avoidable. Yes. I agree. All of that. Don't don't take a job there. <laughs> Ask questions. Yeah. Don't hitchhike. Uh, don't go anywhere alone. Don't have sex. Um, all of it. All yeah. of it was avoidable. Um, don't go investigating noises at night in the rain by yourself. Uh, yeah, they're just really completely avoidable. Uh, would you recommend this to other horror fans? Yes, absolutely. I'd give yeah. it a five. Yeah, me I, too. I think this one, it's an original. So even though it's not scary in the way that maybe yeah. more modern ones are, um, it, you have to see it. It's, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. Because it's lot, just like such a classic. Yeah. But there's also a lot of references to it in other oh, films. Yeah. And would you survive? The only point where I thought, yeah, I'd survive this. Uh, <laughs> Wait, the only point that you would survive? Yeah. <laughs> oh my, so what? you would definitely die in most scenes. If, <laughs> if I'm Annie and I stop at that gas station and there's that dog there, mm-hmm. I'm taking that dog with me. Mm-hmm. And that dog will protect me. No. You are now putting that dog in danger. No. That dog will Leave protect me. Leave the county me. dog with the town. That's how I live. But aside from that, no. Uh, I'm Kelly, and I would not have survived Friday the 13th. I'm Laura, and I would not have been a part of Friday the 13th. If I was Brenda, let's put me in there. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, there's no way I would have stayed in the cabin by myself. There's no way I would have gone investigating a creepy voice by myself. Fair. So maybe I would have died in another way because this woman was absolutely right. determined to kill all counselors. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I'll, I'll give that. It's, I'm a maybe. I would okay. not have made Brenda's mistakes. So I don't think I would have died in the same yeah. scene that she did. Yeah. But Mrs. Voorhees was after everybody. So I, I'm a maybe. I'm Laura. I may have survived this film. Okay. So if by chance you watch this movie and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't so bad. But then at the end, Jason pops out of the lake and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to sleep tonight. Me. I can help. Hmm. What do we got? It's a Disney movie mm-hmm. about camp. Okay. Where there are no adults and Andrew Keegan. <laughs> Camp Nowhere. Camp Nowhere. Oh, that is a great movie. Right? <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that I watched that in the last few months. I love it. It's a fantastic movie. So good. Christopher Lloyd? Yes. Yeah. He's got a great role in that. Yeah, no, that is a great Jessica movie. Alba's first movie. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. See? Yes. It's but a win. I know. Andrew Keegan, he makes a, the oh, necklace yeah. for the girl out of like all Was the- anybody mm-hmm. hotter in 1995 or whatever <laughs> than Andrew Keegan? <laughs> and wait, we had Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Right? You're right. But yes, no, Camp Nowhere is a great one to watch because it will reinstate your, your faith in camps. Yes. Summer camps. Yeah. Good call uh, on that one. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I figured out what it was. So it started giving me clues. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know this. <laughs> So, thanks for joining us for Friday the 13th. <laughs> On Friday the 13th. Right. I mean, by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be like November. 
the 17th. <laughs> I don't know. But today it's Friday the 13th. There's still 20 minutes left of Friday the 13th. Ah, uh-huh. we are, we're going to survive the entire day. Yes. Yes. We survived the movie. We survived. We might have survived the movie. <laughs> we survived watching the movie. There you go. <laughs> so thanks for joining us this week for Friday the 13th. I am Kelly, and when I'm not watching scary movies and doing this podcast with Laura, you can find me hosting the Had to Be There podcast, where we uh, explore the world one story at a time. You can connect with me at Had to Be There 203 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm Laura. When I'm not doing the podcast and watching movies here with Kelly, um, I am reading a lot all the time. Right now I'm reading an Agatha Christie book called The Clocks. Mm. Uh, yes. So I just got through a couple other murder mysteries, but that's the one I just started. And you've been listening to the Poltergeist and Pixie Dust podcast. You can find us at Poltergeist and Pixie Dust on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter at PolterPixiePod. You can visit our website anytime at www.poltergeistandpixiedust.com. If you head over there and click on calendar, you can see what movies are coming up. So if you want to watch them ahead of time and then you kind of know what we're talking about, it'll be fresh in your mind. And you can just get scared along with us the entire time. Yeah. Um, and if you have any suggestions or comments you'd like to send to us, you can also email us at poltergeistandpixiedust at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining. So I just found a a picture on Google Images of Jason in the water. Is he not blue and white? I'm going to show you (laughs) because I just want your reaction to it. Ready? Yes. No! (laughs) Oh my god, I'm sorry, but no. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. All right. No. All right. Is it gone? Yeah. Is it gone? Is it real? No, it's not gone! You're an asshole. (laughs) Okay, okay, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Is it real?